I was, uh, I became essential. And then when the uprising started, I became relevant. And I just (laughs) don't know what I'm going to do with all these adjectives. (laughs) You're the only comic who's like, I have so much material right now. (laughs) That is amazing. Uh, (laughs) Hey, everybody, welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black one episode at a time. I am joined by my white friend, Paige. Hello. Hi. (laughs) On a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling Chi Chi Devane, the Bayou Queen today. Oh, oh, (laughs) of many a season of Drag Race. Uh, She is a craft queen. She Uh ate her own earring one time. I love her to death. She's the best in the world. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, That's so funny. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yes. (laughs) The topic. Okay. And Crystal, on a scale of zero to African American, how are you feeling today? Okay, so I am feeling Olivia Pope um, uh, because did I tell this story the other week about how um, a, I had gotten this email from Pizza Hut? I did I tell so. you this story? Okay, so I got an email from Pizza Hut saying that my pizza was on the way. And what? an ordinary person would have just been like, no, I don't. This is spam. But not me. I <laughs> I was like I'm I'm about to get to the bottom of this. Or and get so what I pizza. did Oh yeah, so I went into the Pizza Hut website, uh hit forgot my password, changed the password and then got the details and then found the phone number of the person who placed said pizza and I called her and I was like um, this is maybe weird, but did you just order a pizza recently? And she goes, actually, yes, I did. <laughs> and I go, you know, we probably, we probably have the same first and last name. Is your name Crystal Adams? She's like, yes, it is. <laughs> what? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think you maybe like misspelled something in your email address or something because mine is crystaladams at gmail.com. What's your email? She's like, well, mine... I guess I'm not going to say it, but she basically had flipped some stuff around. Um, and so I was like, oh, yeah. So she's like, yeah, I think you put my email address at, in, for, uh, uh, as a mistake. And I got the email that your pizza is on. She was like, "Woo! are you serious, girl? <laughs> <laughs> I frankly, so- frankly, am shocked that you called another woman named Crystal Adams and yeah. got another black woman. <laughs> yeah. In Texas. What? Yeah. Wild. In Texas. It was very fun. Um, we had a great look, 10 minute conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I fucking cracked the code uh and i i got to the bottom of it you know what justice and pizza for all okay that's what i have to say absolutely agreed so um yes i think uh i think that's good for a start i um i'm very excited to have our next guest on um she is a hilarious stand-up comedian, writer. She has a podcast called Living with Jonathan and Katie. Um, it's, look, it's well, either Jonathan or Katie, right? <laughs> Who's about to be on this podcast. Um, Katie French, welcome to the podcast. Yay! Yeah. Thank you so much they, for having me. Yeah, and this is momentous because this is truly... Um, Myself included, this is, I think, the whitest this podcast has ever been. I was going to say, I was like, I'm your second white friend. So glad to be giving a voice to the Black community um, through white women, which is so needed right now. Um, (laughs) I do feel very honored, especially in these times. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And truly a voice. I'm very excited because... um, I love, I mean, I think your voice isn't necessary. I think your voice is irrelevant. 
Um, but I'm very excited to learn about this next thing, which actually I know both you and Paige know a lot about. Um, I shouldn't say thing. It's a it's a more it's it's like a way of life. It, yes. They are a way of life of a cultural uh, tour de force. Yes. 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 You're here to talk to tell us who you're here to talk to us today about. I am here to talk about Miss RuPaul Andre Charles. Yeah. Yes. The, yes. Yes. The king queen of drag race, um, which is important <laughs> to distinguish that we're not talking about just drag race. We're talking about RuPaul specifically, yes. the guru of us all. And to be honest, it's good that we're talking about it because I've heard so many people complain that white women are like the biggest consumers of drag race and how, mm-hmm. you know, so we are, mm-hmm. um, I guess I have the most authority to speak on it, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get but, so canceled. I know. <laughs> They're just going to write so big pieces. They're going to be like, first, they never let Latrice win. And then this. And then I know I'm ruining. I'm so sorry for ruining the kingdom. Um, <laughs> no, I love, yeah, well, Crystal had asked me who I want to talk about, and I was like, this is the person I love and, like, so much, you know, yes. and I'm, to be honest, I'm surprised, Crystal, you don't, you said, like, you didn't know that much about RuPaul. Yeah, I don't know that much, and I think part of it be- is because, yeah, I th- I don't know what it is about, like, um, that there's not a lot of the Black community that is consuming um, drag race and drag culture, it's, it that overall is very surprising to me. I don't know all of the ins and outs of that besides like, you know, probably like um, internalized misogyny and just the patriarchy and how that affects the black community. Like, um, so I'm sure that has something to do with that. I don't know if that's why per se I'm not, I haven't gone into it. It's just, I think it's just a rabbit hole that I just haven't delved into. Um, I think partly like I, there's a lot of things about, me that I think when people expect them of me I resist yeah does that make sense like yeah so for I mean I and I think that's in large part a lot of the things that I don't know about black culture has to do with that feeling like people think I should know this they think I'm supposed to be like that watch me watch fucking four hours of Disney channel That is so funny. No, I mean, I, I do want to say too that it's not that black people don't consume drag race. I'm just saying that white women are like the largest demographic and they go to like drag con and they're the most annoying, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely that. And also, I do think that drag race is actually, though, one of the most diverse shows on television. Like, mm-hmm. I just agree. consistently, they've, and I mean, not certainly not every race has been represented, but like, you're all, if you're, you're always going to see black queens every season after season which is like quite unusual i would say i would say you see almost 50 50 almost every season yeah Mm -hmm. yeah wow as for winners and things but okay we're getting to drag race we have to talk back about rupaul yes yes rupaul okay yeah so i'm trying to think what do i know you know so rupaul before drag race i feel like rupaul was like in and out of my awareness like somehow there would be something like some show that like you know that that he was a part of and then it was like for years not hear anything and then all of a sudden drag race it's like nope it's all all rupaul all the time you know yes yes Mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that actually okay oh i'm excited to learn later yeah okay Um, can you yeah. can you before we get into that can you take us back to like I guess your first your first awareness like yeah. of RuPaul so I think that it, at least so like Supermodel his like hit song came out in 1993 um so I would have heard like background kind of just like that song I feel like in pop music but my real introduction was to Wong Fu thanks for everything Julie Newmar which came out in 1995 oh that's right I love that movie yes and my mom which is so cool in hindsight like we used to watch that all the time like Mm -hmm. that and I would have been I would have been like 10 years old at that time Mm -hmm. and luckily my mom didn't have a problem with me watching that movie um Mm -hmm. and RuPaul (laughs) is in that movie as which I can't I don't know if somebody's like made the meme yet but um, she's wearing a Confederate flag dress and her drag name is Rachel Tensions. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I keep wanting to post like a picture of that and say, this is the only Confederate statue I want. But yes, 
I don't I know mean, if I'm late yes. to the game or not. I don't think you can get away with it. Like, <laughs> I, I love think, you, but I, but I don't think you can get away. I don't think I can, but it is <laughs> the best best name, I think, in history. Um, yeah, and so she is in that. Um, she was also in the Brady Bunch movie randomly. and um, What? Yeah, she plays, like, the guidance counselor to, like, Jan or something. It's just, like, okay. she did these little, like, bit pieces <laughs> here and there. Um, but, yeah, so I would have known her from that. And then, of course, the resurgence of, like, Drag Race. But what's interesting is that I actually kind of got back into her. Um, and, by the way, she, RuPaul is, like, he jokes, like, call me he, call me she, as long as you're calling me. Um, yeah, yes. So, for pronouns, <laughs> okay. I just want to make that clear. Um, but I got back into... Him mostly when, uh, not just through Drag Race, but through like his podcast. Like I actually was like listening to RuPaul specifically before I was watching Drag Race. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how I feel like he kind of like re-entered the culture in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, so it would have been back then. I do remember, I mean, I just loved that movie too. Wong Fu is such a good movie. Yeah. And so like iconic. Um, So yeah, that would have been like the first early days. Did you, what about you Paige? What was your first, your first RuPaul? Yeah, I was aware of RuPaul in the like early '90s because at one point RuPaul had a short-lived talk show. I yeah, believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember oh, my parents yeah. talking about that, but I don't think we watched it. And I had definitely heard some of his music. And then when I first moved to Los Angeles, my roommate and I uh, lived in Culver City. And in order to afford our apartment, she worked at three different Starbuckses, <gasps> and oh. one of those Starbuckses. <laughs> Uh, Rue was her regular so mm-hmm. and it was oh. while they were filming the first season of Drag Race so oh Rue would come in and be like this is what we're working on I'm so excited about it so when it came out my roommate and I watched it together uh-huh. and we were obsessed with it now it like he was working on shooting the first season but the season we actually watched is season two which I'm sure Katie's gonna cover at a certain point because season one got like put in the vault and then came out later so like he worked on this huge thing for like the whole time we lived there and she you know was working at that starbucks and then we finally got to see it on tv so what is rue's drink i do not it was like a i want to say it was just like a basic latte like it wasn't anything crazy Uh it was it uh was pretty normal and he was there every morning so i feel like every um like every hugely successful person has some like boring drink without sugar in it. And mm-hmm. I'm very upset about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I would think it would be like the healthiest version because he's always like very, um, yeah, he's always talking about trying to fit back into his corsets or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. um, I do know that the reason he became like her regulars, cause no one else recognized him at the Starbucks. Oh, like oh. no one knew who he was and oh, she that's so clocked funny. him immediately and uh-huh. was just like you're RuPaul and like from there they were like BFFs at Starbucks uh-huh. until she uh-huh. eventually stopped working at Starbucks so yeah wow I'm so mm-hmm. jealous that's- I still I have yet to see him in person and it is like well, a, I have like two LA goals and one is to see John Hamm at the grocery store because my friend <laughs> And <laughs> only if he's wearing sweatpants. Shout out to Rachel Friedland who stood behind him in at Albertsons. And, um, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, RuPaul and John Hammer. Like, I can see them, and then I don't. I, I could move away from LA if I had to. I'm just saying. But yeah, I do hear that he's incredibly nice. Is mm-hmm. is what she used to say that she he was very cool. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. Which is part of why I love him because I feel like and and mind you, like since the like success of drag race there's like you know he's had a share of like scandals or whatever um but i just what i've always or like really started to gravitate towards was like just his spirit which is like so beautiful and he's like so about self-love and he's always been like and he's always been like that like that's not a new thing like from the beginning he's like had a very consistent kind of like if that's your brand um and uh yeah i just I love him so much. So I don't know. Where do I start? What do I do? Like, how do I? Yeah. Well, the begin like, okay, what are RuPaul's beginnings? Okay. So RuPaul was born in 1960 in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I already relate to him because I grew up half in San Diego. Um, basically the same person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he was born. Well, actually, no, let's back up. Okay. Ru's mother was from Louisiana. So literally like his mama, Louisiana. And she was told <laughs> when she was pregnant with him that she was going to have a boy and he was going to be famous. 
and she named him, she made up the name RuPaul. So she named it after like Ru, like the base for like gumbo and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So his full name is RuPaul Andre Charles. And I, I found the quote. She said, he said she would always say, um, he's going to be famous because ain't no motherfucker alive with a name like that. <laughs> She's I mean, already, I'm already into it. Love it yeah. so much. I she was raised like with, with all sisters. Um, and he, uh, but he was like from like a turbulent home. And so he, like, in his teens, like, went and lived in Atlanta with his, um, like, his oldest sister who'd moved out by then. Um, and uh, that's where he, like, really started to feel, like, to be, like, artistic. And I think he went to, like, arts high school or whatever. Um, but he all he always says himself that he always knew he was a star and he was going to be famous, probably because his mom told him that. Um, yes. Uh-huh. And so... Uh, so he was in Atlanta for a while and then he tried to move to New York. Now this is, I want to say, I love this theme about Rue is like one success coming a lot later than you think it's going to like come and two, mm-hmm. like trying shit that didn't work out and then trying it again. And it actually did. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like a lot, a lot of points in his stories, I would have been like, I'm out, you know? Um, yeah. But Cause like he, like he tried to move to New York and he was only there for like six months. It was like a nightmare and he like moved back to Atlanta mm-hmm. and then he like went again and then he became like, you know, the star we love. Um, but he started out like his drag beginnings was doing a lot of like, this was like, mind you, the eighties it's Atlanta. He's doing a lot of like, um, they call it like gender fuck, um, kind of like drag. And I was reading up on this, which was really interesting. They were saying that like at that time, the only drag queens were like very like pageant queens, you know, and it's like, it's like Georgia. So they were kind of like Southern Belle, like very polished. And he was Mm -hmm. like half a mohawk wearing high heels, like in kind of like punk Mm -hmm. band, whatever. And so actually the other queens were kind of like, um, you're sloppy. And he was like, I'm the future. Um, (laughs) And he was right. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and That's it was why I say like, at work every day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I am the future. Okay. To my boss. <laughs> um, so yeah. So at that time he was like doing that. And then he went to New York and, um, and mind you, this was like, he was like a lot older than you'd think. Like I always thought he was like 1920 doing this stuff, but like by the time he was like in New York and things like that, he was like already 28. Um, but he had kind of just moved city to city trying to make a name for himself. And another thing I love so much is like, he's so about self-love, but he's also very smart about kind of like branding and consciousness. And so like, he talks about how, like when he was in Atlanta, he would like make posters that just said like, RuPaul is hot or like RuPaul is everything. And he would just paste (laughs) them all over the city, like just to be in people's like consciousness or like kind of to be in the scene. And I was like, that is hilarious. Like it it wasn't even necessarily like promoting a show. It was just like to do that. Like, can you imagine? I mean, the self-affirmation is like amazing. Um, And Uh, to just want to be in people's like minds, you know? Yeah. I knew a guy who he since passed away RIP. Um, but he was a very talented, um, very tall uh, performer, um, and I forget I'm forgetting his name right now. But on his business card, he had the quote that said, "Like I don't know, let's say his name is uh, James Johnson." Like he had the quote that says, "Who is this James Johnson?" In quotes, and then dash Oprah. Like, I think at one point, Oprah said, who is this person? And he decided that's his resume. (laughs) And put it on all of his business cards. Um, I respect it. I mean, that's something I could never, like, I would shrivel, but that's hilarious. Like, I have such mm -hmm. a fondness for people who have that much, like, bravado, you know? Yeah. I really... I really respect it because it is that idea of like, you have to believe it first and you have to kind of make your own reality and then you force everyone else to believe it. And that's like mm-hmm. a lot of success in show business, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just like love that. I think it's so funny. And I think that he's like brilliant. Also just from a young age, he was always like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So then he moves to New York and he was like in the club kid scene, like the early nineties and he realized too like once he started dressing in drag like the level that he um or like kind of the character we know now which is like this kind of like glamorous like not the gender fuck like messiness but this like totally crazy like glamour queen that Mm -hmm. he was like men women everyone was literally like who the hell is that because that's the thing about him is like he's so gorgeous like and he's very handsome and so gorgeous he's truly like a like a two-spirit god like the closest thing we have you know and he's like mm-hmm. he's six five so in heels he's like almost seven foot 
Like mm-hmm. just, I mean, gorgeous, you know, and there is, if people want to see, there is like great YouTube footage of him in the nineties. Um, just like after he was like a go-go dancer or whatever, like there's just a lot of archive footage of him young on the streets, like going into a bodega and just like talking shit and like all this stuff. And you see like this just gorgeous young RuPaul on the streets of like New York in the like late eighties, early nineties. It's incredible footage. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, it should be in the American Congress of library of Congress, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I love him. I don't know. I just love him so much. He was also in the B-52s um, Love Shack video. Yeah, like his first big break um because he was like friends with the b-52s and they were like uh-huh. let's get a huge drag queen in this you know uh-huh. um but what again like what i like is that so he was in the club scene but it like wasn't quite working out and so when he was 28 he actually went through this like crazy life depression where he like moved to la he was like sleeping on his sister's couch he was like i didn't make it i'm never gonna make it like he kind of mm-hmm. had this whole like you know what we would be like 30 some like when you turn 30 crisis return of saturn whatever which he always talks about um and he was just like I think I'm done like I tried so hard I was like hoofing it for so long and then um he had friends that were like what the fuck are you doing like just fly back and he flew back kind of like with a renewed energy and then like became like the queen like I think he won like some sort of like Miss Manhattan like 1992 or something like that and was like the bell of the ball of all these like club kids and so um it was like around that time that then he was like meeting up with like you know, his management, record label, whatever people. And then it was in 1993 that Supermodel was released and he became the star that he always mm-hmm. anticipated he would. And he was 33 when that was released. So again, mm-hmm. I keep saying his age because I think it's like really interesting that it happened a lot later than he thought. And he's had these interesting like times of like not being around and then being around, you know? Um, questions, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Because Paige, I know you're like a crazy like um, drag, like you have a fantasy drag, like what is it? A fantasy? Oh, I, fantasy I was in dra- a RuPaul's Drag Race Fantasy League, not oh the one gosh. sanctioned by VH1, like an underground <laughs> Facebook league. I love this like under, underground, teams. underground. <laughs> yeah, underground. Um, I had to explain to my boyfriend first what fantasy leagues were and then what are drag <laughs> fantasy, what fantasy leagues were. drag league was. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I actually I I'm pretty good at fantasy drag race. Um Yeah. Well, I remember so one time we went to an open mic and this guy was like, "Where are all the drag shows?" And well, then you went like, up right no after drag him. Shows in LA, and I was like, I need to tell you how <laughs> stupid you are. Like, <laughs> like there's not time is of the essence. I can't let you walk back out that door thinking your stupid thoughts. It's time <laughs> for change. And I shouted drag facts at him for like five minutes straight. Yeah, it was worth it. It was worth every five bit of the five dollars we we paid at. Uh, yeah, I got to. Now, I got hopefully, to never run go to again. No material. <laughs> uh all drag backs and then i i roast battled a couple days later and a girl came up to me she's like i know you you shouted drag facts at that guy for like five oh minutes my God. <laughs> was what was your fantasy league name oh i changed mine every season but i had one that was uh the tuckaho autobahn society oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I had, uh, I played Hog Body of Lies uh, a couple seasons in a row. It was a great one. Um, I'll, I'll have to look back through. My favorite was Tuckahoe Autobahn Society. And, and it would just be like Tuckahoe Autobahn Society colon looking for cocks, in quote. Um, it was great. Your government was a great name. team name. Yeah, my government name. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. When... Did you guys see your first drag queen in real life? Ooh, Ooh I was question. thinking about this exactly the other day where I had like a visceral memory of it. I was maybe, I couldn't have been more than maybe nine or 10. I was very young. We had gone to see, I believe it was Wizard of Oz at a theater in Golden Gate Park where there's like a theater district. And I remember we came out of the theater and there was this woman in a green like glittery dress and I remember looking up and thinking like holy shit 
that's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And why mm-hmm. is she seven feet tall? Just like, <laughs> what? And I was like, my brain was blown away. And there were two of them. <laughs> she had like a friend with her. And my dad was like, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because it's like, <laughs> and, and like as a kid, I did not understand. And as an adult, I realized it was almost midnight in the tenderloin in San Francisco. <laughs> and this was very likely a beautiful sex worker. And I had no idea. I uh, love that she's wearing that... green sparkles. Oh my God. Beautiful. <laughs> I was like, she looks like the Emerald city. And, um, oh my God. and they quickly whisked us away and had to explain to us later. They were like, no, that was actually a man in women's clothing. And I was just like, no, because it was too beautiful. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that was my first experience. I didn't have really a context for what it was at the time, but I vividly remember it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't remember mine. I mean, or at least not the first conscious one because I've been to Disneyland so many times that I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I've seen many, uh, many a queen in a parade um, and not have realized it. Um, but I think probably the, ooh, I don't even know the first conscious time because I don't know that like, yeah. Well, I will say this for my mom's, uh, I think 61st or maybe 59th birthday. I don't know. One birthday. I took her to her first drag show. Yes. Yeah. And that was so much fun. And I think, um, I think I, I took a picture and then I think I showed you Paige and you were like, oh yeah, that's blah, 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 from <laughs> such so and such season. Yeah. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, like my, my drag obsession goes to the point where I, I know local Queens, because because I think they'll eventually be on the show. Like I'm nice. scouting. Like <laughs> I'm like one of those ridiculous football people that's like, yeah, people play college leagues, but I'm just like making the rounds at high schools. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. So that's like good, I knew though, about because, Valentina yeah. before the show. Nice. Because that's a big complaint people have too that they're like, are you a fan of drag or are you a fan of drag race? You know? Right. Yeah. And so. that's what I'm curious about with RuPaul. Like how does RuPaul transition into like not just being a queen, but somebody who is actually the facilitator between what the world knows about queens. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was, so like his single supermodel was like huge, which I found out too. Kurt Cobain said it was one of his favorite records of the year in 93. So oh, well, there you go. Record. Ally <laughs> Kurt Cobain, you know, um, there's also like, I, I've seen this, like even before this, episode um i had seen this interview before but rupaul on arsenio hall in 1983 is like the year is like the best interview it's like the perfect late night interview and you can see like arsenio hall is like truly enamored because rue is like hilarious beautiful being ridiculous like but being so sweet and like energy it's it's just beautiful and so i feel like i mean rue was definitely like america's first drag queen like people like flocking you know what I mean like we're being like mm-hmm. truly like in love with her um but um so she did that she's like Wong Fu blah 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 she was like popular in like the culture oh she was also the first Mac girl ever yes that's exciting oh. I knew she was like a Mac girl but I didn't know she was the first so that was wow. like very cool um but so she like was kind of doing nightclub stuff and then she kind of went away which is again this is the weird thing is like the second break she took an eight-year break from show business Wow. In her like, um, like forties basically, and she really? was like, one. I mean, she was still doing like club dates, but she wasn't like trying TV show or whatever after the VH1 show too. Um, and she worked in radio, but like she always says like she was kind of just like out of it, like didn't know. She was like, maybe I'll get my real estate license. Like, don't care. And that's like so crazy to me to be in your forties and like have been like this successful, you know? And they'd be like, fuck it. Um, and then she pitched Drag Race um to logo and like all these of course it's hilarious it's one of those great stories where like everyone was like cute idea gonna pass and now I'm sure like all these networks would like die to have it because it's like such an anomaly show because it's the only show that like gets more popular every season it goes you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah she started drag race uh we're on season 12 already which is like crazy um and all-star season five yeah yeah 
it was so mm-hmm. I think it was technically 2008 that she sold Drag Race and then like when I, I was trying to think of like when I first heard about Drag Race at the time mm-hmm. I do know that I at the time um I legally downloaded episodes because that was like a hot thing to do. Remember when everyone was just like illegally downloading, <laughs> which like yeah. we don't have to do anymore because of streaming, but mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God, you know? Um, and so I remember so illegally downloading. The, yeah, <laughs> no comment. Um, but I remember illegally downloading the first uh, the first season and uh-huh. loving it. But I feel like, I mean, for myself, I always just kind of like naturally love like whatever, like, gay stuff is in the culture or queer stuff is in the culture I don't know why it's yeah. always like I don't know which came first like my love of it or it you know I don't know um, yeah yeah so I yeah that's I feel like that's when um it broke and then it was like season after season it was just building and building until it became the RuPaul we know and love today you know did you ever watch an episode Crystal I did. So I tried Any? to go back and watch um, whatever at least what seemed like the first season on uh, Prime mm-hmm Amazon Prime, um, which I don't know. I've, when's the last time you've watched the first season? I for me, it's been a long time. Okay, like years and years, and and it did yeah. like it did disappear for a while. And also, the lighting's crazy. All the queens say the first season was highly transphobic because of the lighting. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, because of the lighting? <laughs> yes, because it was like really prime. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> well, insane. it was. It was also there was a. Um, they used a few terms in the first couple seasons that they have then now since retired that right, were right. transphobic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else about that. Oh yeah. There, well, Rue also prior to this had a famous appearance on project runway mm-hmm. in which they did not light her well. And it's pretty crazy. Um, but I'm oh, sure she really? wants us all to move on from that. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> Wait, but, what what yeah. could you see or what didn't look good she, it didn't look like rupaul it looked like uh, it was like she didn't look good that's all awesome. yeah <laughs> like see and this is actually a, a point that i want to bring up because uh, i was actually talking about this with my boyfriend the other day i was showing him these photos that i had taken like right out of um college and um hashtag black don't crack um I look pretty <laughs> much the same that yeah. like as I did when I first graduated from college but I showed him these headshots that I tried to take to show him like do you see how bad these look and he was like yeah what is happening there he's like you've changed so much so I was like no this is and then I showed him a photo of like literally a year later and I was like that's just one year later or that's the same year I look the same I'm the same now as this and I was like, I think there is something, and we've talked about this before, we're like, but I think it's even deeper, like, you know, you have the one, the ability to light based on who you expect, like who you're trained to be mm-hmm. able to light. And yeah. then there's this other added layer of like, are you able to find beauty in the subject that you're lighting? Right. And that to me seems to be the key difference between when I have a good picture, like, yeah, it's like, is this a, you know, if it's a professional photographer, like, did this person see what's beautiful about me or not? And it's clear from these photos for me that look really weird. <laughs> They're like, oh, this person doesn't find anything beautiful in me. Anyway, so I just, I, that's why lighting is so important. Yes. Lighting is everything. I think Cher said that. I think Mariah Carey has like left an interview because she didn't like the lighting. <laughs> oh, Mariah Carey will not show if they do not light her properly. It's like a yes. thing. She also will shout at people on stage if she thinks they're singing her note, which is my favorite thing in the world. I but love she'll do it that clip in beat to the song. Just quit singing my note, and you're just like, <laughs> "Fuck you, better." Yeah. Also, but like, not just think she knows they're singing her note. Yes, because she's oh, fucking yeah. Mariah Carey. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think what's really interesting, as somebody who's been watching Drag Race for so long, makeup has evolved in the time mm-hmm. that Drag Race has been on TV. And yeah. it is wild to watch the early seasons and see the essentially Herculean efforts that some of these queens had to put into getting a correct color for their skin tone Mm, and now they're just like whipping out the fenty beauty it's like no problem but like it's like you know 
Yes. Like when they made fun of Coco Montrese for having tang skin, like mm-hmm. that is her actively trying to <laughs> she light was balance. Orange. <laughs> she was very orange. orange. She she still is. I don't know why. I'm like, girl, they, they like foundation has changed. You can I know cover girl doesn't cover boy, but like you've yeah. got options. <laughs> no, it yeah. is crazy. Like just and it's funny because Rue is getting older, but the lighting is getting one really good, but also like there's definitely some um some post-production happening. Oh, she's absolutely. like looking younger and younger. It's so insane. <laughs> it is so I insane. was watching the most recent season and I, I like for a hot second I was like, is this blurry? <laughs> Where I was like, No, oh no. A lot of Vaseline <laughs> on the lens. No, it's, so it's true. Soft focus. Okay. <laughs> it's very forgiving. I mean, it's pretty crazy, too, because, like, when you, especially, we can talk about, too, just the transformation of, like, RuPaul male to RuPaul female is, Mm -hmm. like, astounding. Because RuPaul will, like, as a male, is very handsome. And, like, when he was younger, he was so cute, like, just so sweet. And if you see, like, close-up pictures, he actually has, like, freckles all over his face. Like, he looks very, very different, um, which I think is very cool. It's very different than, like, the Glamazon, you know, vibe, which, oh, I do also want to say that he credits his success um, of like being a mainstream drag queen for like, he kind of went away from the like grimier kind of like club scene, like, and very much like sexual kind of like overtones. He says he like changed drag from sex to glamour and that that way, like everybody could access it and like moms and kids and everybody was like, Mm. It, it became like desexualized, which I think is a really interesting like approach, but it also worked because I mean, she's really like truly a life-size. She looks like a life-size Barbie, like mm-hmm. nobody else does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think there's a lot of like little things like that, that maybe it was like premeditated, maybe it wasn't, but she's just so smart at like knowing how people, like how she'll be perceived, you know? Who, who does RuPaul credit with, with, like the sense of I don't know like like the direction that I guess like her spirit has taken because it's a very like inspirational person yeah so where does that come it's Diana from? Ross like RuPaul what yeah. is to us as Diana Diana Ross is to him um because mm. he's just all about like being a pioneer not taking no for an answer you know and I like I know that he's had like you know, there's been criticisms over his, like, um, not letting, like, trans um, competitors on the show and, like, using outdated terms and stuff. But I'm, like, you cannot deny, I mean, he is, like, a 6'5 gay black man growing up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s as a drag queen. Like, him breaking barriers is, like, you cannot say he has not, like, taken mm-hmm. one for the team. You know what I mean? And what's amazing, mm-hmm. too, is, like, even in that Arsenio Hall um, interview, he's even talking about facing the KKK at some like March recently, this was like in 93, you know, and he's talking about like love and being like, and I just saw people on the other side that like, are just like, you know, very unhappy and like, aren't living in love, you know? And so even then it was like a very, like, just, he was very forward thinking in just his actions and his life and his like spirituality and stuff. Um, But yeah, I feel like Diana Ross is like his ultimate And I do appreciate (laughs) that he's willing to learn and change because like, you know, there have been trans competitors on the show. I think Mm -hmm. there will continue to be now trans competitors on the show and they change the terminology. They're changing the show. You know, I think it's a, a show that evolves. And I think at the core of it is RuPaul's tenet of self-love. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I love too, that he has always said like, when, cause he always says, you know, like it's a famous quote, like if you can't love yourself, how can you help love somebody else? And he always says that like, when he's saying that he's actually saying it to himself first and like, not mm-hmm. just the crowd, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we hear a lot of people be like, it's just like self-love. And I'm like, you're like a gorgeous, of course you love yourself. You know what I mean? But <laughs> he doesn't necessarily, I mean, he's, you know, he's been open about that, about therapy. He got sober, um, in his like late thirties, um, too. And like, I think that's when he probably had his like largest, like spiritual growth. Um, but something else that really always struck me that he talks about is like when he got famous and like kind of started to like pick up steam that he really wanted to like bring his friends along from like the club scene. Um, you know, these like underground artists. And he talks a lot about how a lot of them were like, 
so clinging to their identity as like a starving artist or Mm. like a certain type of performer they were that he like lost a lot of friendships because people weren't willing to like let go of their own ego or identity to like kind of join him and that was like Mm -hmm. very sad for him and obviously for themselves too but um he just is very very thoughtful about like ego and identity and how these things can change and I mean obviously the nature of his work is literally like transforming right Mm -hmm. so it's just a big theme like that he preaches a lot that I really Mm -hmm. um like honestly especially like early seasons of the podcast like it would be my like self-help I'd literally be like Mm -hmm. listen to Oprah and then listen to him and he's just so like positive and like just a very deeply like spiritual person but I always um yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really astounding to me. I'm just always impressed with people who one know who they are totally unapologetically do not change anything. And also, I mean, in some ways, like he's like a seven foot black man walking around. Like he, it's not like he, and even he himself, I mean, he had faced of course, plenty of like homophobia and stuff, but like, he's just such an imposing force that like Mm -hmm. he couldn't hide if he tried, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, here's my question. When I, um, when I open my own zoo, are you guys going to be willing to abandon your identities as comedians <laughs> and, and help me run said zoo? I just need to know now. What animals, <laughs> what department am I running? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm only down if I can be like full-blown Carol Baskins. Like yeah, if I can go absolutely. As long as I don't die mysteriously. <laughs> I can't guarantee that. Well, <laughs> oh my god, that's what makes I can't it interesting. It I guess for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, no, I would be willing I... to let my ego go. And <laughs> I, that's that's really interesting. I mean, because um, I think as comedians, like we talk a lot about this. Like, uh, I think what I think is the current debate right now kind of in that regard is like well who's gonna do zoom shows you know like or who's going to figure out like the internet in a new way like who's gonna figure out tiktok and there are people that are like nope not doing it and like there are people that are like no maybe you know like and i yeah that that's kind of i mean because there's kind of there's there's money on the table in some ways when it comes to these other things and it's like yeah, it, it it feels that 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 debate to me is constantly interesting as like who's going to be flexible with whatever yeah. the new thing in comedy is. Well, that's the amazing thing about like Rue too is like as he says like he's got more famous in his fifties than he was in his like thirty, mm-hmm. you know, like at the height. Mm-hmm. So he's like one of the few people that as he gets older, like continually is relevant, continually like comes up with new ideas. He's also it just seems to me he just is very hyper aware of like what's coming or what isn't like going to work with the culture. He just, I feel like he's like kind of a conduit of like consciousness somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he knows like kind of at what stage, how far you can push things. Um, And I think that that's so like incredible that he has like this huge show and now he's going to be 60. Like does, does he think that Kanye will win for president? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to know. I'm sure. No. And also, we just need to say, like, you guys, Kanye's dropping an album. He gets manic. That's all this is. Like, we know this. Kim knows yeah, this. I, I saw it online and I was like, again, man, yeah. better not be gospel this time. Just yeah. like, he did so weird last time. It's yeah. just, it's, you know, it's the cycle. We're all in, you know, the US of yay or something. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I have listened to his podcast. I really like it. I mean, so I, I kind of pick and choose between like, who's the guest on there, like who I want to listen to. I like, so I listened to the Leslie Jones one and what I love. Yeah. What I love is that you can tell that the people that he's interviewing are so, they feel like they, they are the ones that are being like generosity is being extended to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like versus their, versus them doing the podcast a favor by showing up like right yeah he's always very like gracious and I mean I just he's so um I just I just love him I'm like I hate just like I love him but no it's just because he has such a like spirit it's like he has a spirit you just like want to be around he just seems very like magnetic and like 
gravitating and very like I don't want to say like nurturing but just very like supportive and sweet it's very like if you want to talk about safe space I mean Rue's presence I imagine that's like what it feels like you know Um, how do you think you would react if you met if you met in real life I would I honestly I would try to be as like chill as possible because I feel like he knows like at the same time I know he gets like tired of like giving people that much energy and he himself has said he's like actually like totally an introvert he doesn't like to go out to parties he doesn't like to socialize which is funny that like most of his life was like being on acid in a club with like you know a million people around and now he's like I just like he wakes up at like 4 a.m every single day and does yoga he's like very disciplined he I don't know it just but I I would like not want to I would just be like good evening sir like I don't know I just don't want to like get in his face too much um but I would love I would god I would love I'm so jealous of anyone who has met him um presuming they have a good experience which I'm so glad Paige that your friend said he was like really yeah. nice yeah yeah she saw him every day for like a year and a half yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I feel like I mean like all celebrities you just gotta be like cool and like you know vibe it out but yeah I would just be like I love you so much oh my god like I don't know I feel like he's somebody who like like Beyonce like just emanates such a whatever it is yeah. that you would I don't know if I'd be able I don't know if I could predict how like I would react honestly I remember somebody told me the story about like they like were catering an event and Beyonce was there and like the woman just got near Beyonce and somehow like dropped something on her blouse <gasps> on Beyonce's blouse <gasps> You know, I just because she was near Beyonce. She just, you know, you don't know. Oh, my God. And Beyonce said sorry. <gasps> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Wow. And it's kind of because it's kind of like I I kind of feel like these people know, like, I'm doing this to you. The power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, this happens to me all the time. This is why I have an extra shirt. Like, it is so interesting. But at the same time, like, I, especially as I get older, I try not to, like, mythologize celebrities because they are, like real people and there's like yeah interesting like rue is also he's a very unique person like i said like he gets up like 5 a.m i've heard that he like doesn't eat in public like weird like some stuff like peculiar oh interesting um like he doesn't like dinner party he like he hates (laughs) dinner parties because he doesn't like to see people eat like he doesn't like people talking eating at the same time so he like doesn't do it in public so like just interesting lore stuff you know (laughs) i do think another interesting thing about him is that like he um he hates Halloween. Like he doesn't celebrate it because he feels like you shouldn't need a holiday to like, let yourself go. Like I live Halloween basically Mm. 24 seven. And he's like, I've heard him be like vehemently, like it's ridiculous. Like, why are we doing this? You know? (laughs) And I'm like, it's it's fun. It's like the one day he's like, we shouldn't eat, you know? Um, so I'm like, okay, that's a, that's an interest. That's a unique take. We haven't heard before. Like, (laughs) now how does he feel about the movie? Hocus Pocus. Oh my god! Funny you should bring that up. Funny you should bring that up. Okay, before he was famous, back in the seventies, he was Uh like briefly home. Um, he went to an like an all ages dance club in San Diego in the seventies, where on the dance floor he met Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah. Oh wow! And they have (laughs) been friends ever since. Like none of them were famous. None of them were pursuing anything since they were literally like nineteen. Oh, I love that. Listen to that. That's that a great so episode um, of the podcast too. But I was like, okay, that's also why you know, like, he's cool because she's fucking cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Small world. That's, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, any other facts that, like, w- like if somebody was interested in knowing more about RuPaul, where should they start? That's a good question. Um, his first biography is called "Letting It All Hang Out," I think, and he just has his new book out, Guru. Um, Paige, mm. have you read Guru yet or seen it? I have not read Guru, Guru yet. I have a copy of it that has been uh-huh. sitting on my desk. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's all, honestly, I feel like all those books are like the same vibe of like self-help, beauty tips, and, you know, like pop culture references or something. Um, but I would say that <laughs> or just start listening to like the early podcast. Honestly, that Leslie Jones episode is great also because she's great on it. Um, but yeah, I feel like his book, his books. And then just look mm-hmm. at like Google the old like footage again you can just put like RuPaul Young or something it's just really Mm -hmm. cool like he was so he was so sweet I just want to like squeeze him because he was just like this young like artist kid you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah I just love him so much that is that's wonderful I love yeah I loved 
all of that. I I was thinking about close up pictures and like um he he reminds me of like uh I guess like photos close up photos that I've seen of like Malcolm X. Mm. Like that he has kind of what they would call red, like they would call, you know, like that like red bone? Like in like- black yeah like the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know what podcast i'm on okay <laughs> <laughs> um okay but okay so that's great so i will put the link to um the video that you referenced um and please send me that photo of uh uh rachel tensions oh yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That's what Mississippi should have. Uh... <laughs> Truly. I mean, no one's talking about, I want to talk about it guys. <laughs> that is so great. Um, where can people find you? Um, I am at katiefrench.com. I spell Katie with a Y like that slut Katy Perry. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. It's a call Former out podcast, Christian right? I got to say it. Artist of notes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. KatieFrench.com. I have, you know, all the stuff there. Like, catch my zoom shows there. Yeah. Um, and just a cool heads up for listeners of the podcast. Um, so this Friday, um, the Friday after this podcast, um, this episode airs on Earwolf. Um, they're doing a series where they're uh, giving the platform to Black voices and lesser known um, podcasts and podcasters. And our podcast, Black Heart Rehab, will be in the inaugural uh, episode, the inaugural day that they're having on Fridays for the next few weeks. So um, please look out for that. It'll be posted on our social media sites. Um and we would just love it if you, even if you have listened to all the episodes, you've already binged them all. If you could just add another, you know, drop in the bucket to uh, listeners who are listening on that, on that platform, because who knows, you know, what could happen after they see the numbers. And, uh, but thank you everybody who's been supporting and listening and laughing and learning and loving and all the other L words. Um <laughs> Lauren Hill. No. <laughs> Lauren Hilling. <laughs> um, I feel like I wait. What is it? What is it about God bless the dome page? Oh, thank Jesus for the dome. Thank Jesus. <laughs> now we got to thank Brother Anthony for the dome. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, you guys. We'll be black next time. <laughs> <laughs>